0: is that all right brother is everything working for you sweet all right sounds good well for those of you who don't know my name like i said already before my name is pastor rich and i am the outreach pastor outreach director here at skyline church and that's exactly all that i do and that's all that i focus on is trying to reach out to as many people as i can through any kind of median that i can and this is happens to be one of them and so like i said at the shelter, we'll always be there at 630 to come help, you know, come pick you guys up and come hang out. So what we do on Thursday nights, particularly, is we teach Bible studies, and we teach Bible studies because, man, that's what we're called to do. That's what the E-Crew does. We evangelize. We teach God's Word, you know. We don't do it in a very invasive way. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty, no, I'm, I'm known <laughs> quite well for not staying on task a lot. You know, there's always a Bible study, but, you know, what always happens, it's very, it's very unpredictable on Thursday nights, you know. I have a specific lesson I'm supposed to teach tonight, but I've got to be honest. I've got a hankering to really want to teach something else, too, so maybe we'll figure out how that goes. But I want you guys to know, feel comfortable, feel safe. You know, I know that a lot of us come from different backgrounds. Some of us come from church backgrounds, and some of us come from no, non-church backgrounds. Well, some of us are familiar with what it's like to respond to the Word of God. Some of us know what it's like to say amen and stand up when you feel the Spirit tell you to stand up and to clap your hands and get excited. And I want you to know you have that liberty here. I know every once in a while some of us feel a little uncomfortable doing that, but this is a safe place. Skyline Church and this sanctuary is a safe place. And so if you feel the want to, to respond to the taught or to the preached Word of God, By any and all means, please do. I encourage you. So tonight is the first night that we're going to do on a series called Search for Truth. Search for Truth is a Bible study. It's a very well-known Bible study within our ranks and within a lot of other churches, but specifically within our ranks, and it talks about the Bible. What a concept, right? (laughs) But not just the Bible, but what is the Bible? A lot of us don't really know a lot about the Bible. There you go. Or basic instructions, uh, Bible, live every, what is that one? What's that one? Uh, Something, basic instructions, blank, living every day. I forget what the other B one is. But I've heard that one too. That's a good one. That's a good one. But some of us don't really know what the Bible entails, let alone who God is, and let alone understand that God is Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people out there that really don't know those things, and that's what this Bible study goes through. Now, traditionally, the Bible study itself is a 12-week Bible study, and those lessons, to be honest with you, are very, very long. I don't like teaching long, and I don't like being involved in long Bible studies myself. (laughs) I have the attention span of a teenager. I have not grown up. I'm 31 years old, but I have not, by any stretch of the imagination, grown up. I was talking to a friend one night at dinner, actually last week, and they asked me, well, how old do you feel? I said, well, I mean, I know I'm 31. I feel it, you know. I don't feel old, old necessarily, but I'm not a teenager anymore, you know. I got a gut. You know, I've put on some weight. I've got some baby back pains, you know, and I got, I got some, you know, circles under my eyes because, you know, I have kids of my own now. But mentally, I can tell you for a fact, I have not matured one bit. I fool a lot of people. <laughs> That's right. I have fooled a lot of people, but I am not. I still feel, you know, the, the thing about maturity you know, the thing about maturity is, is the only difference between me and a 15-year-old is I just know not to do that same thing that a 15-year-old would do is because I have a paycheck, I got I got a wife, and I got kids, and I definitely, yeah, I definitely don't want them mad at me. <laughs> so, really, that's the only difference. We really don't ever grow up. You know what I mean? That's my philosophy, anyways. You get older. But you never really grow up because, you know, the old, no matter what age you are, we're still we still dream about things, right? Yeah. You know, no matter what age you are, you still think about things. Maybe you don't think about them as much as you used to, but you still dream. You still have plans. You still want to do things. You still aspire, you know? And that's what I mean by I just, I just haven't grown up. I still dream, you know? I, 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 I still have passions in my life that I want to attain and that I want to do and that I want to achieve, you know? it's just I better do it sooner because you know sooner or later the body wears out you know and you you can't do it you can't do it anymore you know you start to slow down but that's just life you know but that's the reason why I just can't sit through a a Bible you know a long Bible study and I'm not going to make you guys stand through a Bible study so the reason I I, I said all that to really say this is this is going to be a a lesson that's going to be taught for a number of weeks and I'd love to see every single one of you come back so you can finish it with me, you know, because I love teaching Bible studies. Last year, I taught about, uh, yeah, last year, I taught roughly over 300 Bible studies, and it was a very awesome experience. It really was. It was a great experience, and I'm very thankful God gave me the opportunity, and I saw a lot of people's lives change, not because of what I did, but because they just kept on coming back. There's something powerful about hearing the Word of God. Amen. Yeah, that's right exactly there's something very powerful about the word of God it's what God does to us when we sit through and we listen to what his awesome powerful word says you know God uses can use anybody you know he spoke through a donkey so he can use me right you know he used a burning bush so he can use me I'm really nothing special but what makes it special is is you guys really for me I, I get a kick and I really just get an, an absolute joy when I see people come to a Bible study, and, and when I see people come again and they come again and they come again, because i 've seen it happen time and time you know again to where i 've seen people 's lives change, and so, without any further ado, without me rambling like I said, I typically you know do i 'm going to cut myself off a little bit shorter than normal, and we 're just going to go ahead and get right back into it. I do feel honestly to really just switch a gear tonight we 're going to touch a couple of the things in this book. But really, if there's anything that I really want to do tonight for you guys is I want to help inspire you with wherever you guys are at in your life. Inspire, well, what does that mean? You know, I hear a lot of people use that word. I hear a lot of people use that word a lot of times when they're talking to people. What does that word inspire really mean? You know, and, 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 I, and I struggle with that word sometimes myself because I'll be honest, I am a very self-driven man. <laughs> man there is a competitive streak in me I hope none of you ever see because I'm not a poor sport it's just I'm competitive you know I from a game of pool to a game of ping pong to how many plates of food we can put away man I'm competitive you know I'll make sure I do the best I can because I'm that I'm that guy that doesn't like to lose I'll be honest I like to win I know what it feels like to win, and I hate losing, you know what I mean? And I've had to kind of level out, like I said, because I've got kids now. I've got to tell them, hey, you know, it's okay to lose. You know, just don't do it often, you know, <laughs> right? You know, but just don't make, yeah, don't make a habit of it, you know, but you're going to lose from time to time in your life. But I'm a very driven man. And so for me, naturally, I get inspired by any little thing. My pastor told me one time when we were at dinner, and he, goes, <laughs> and he goes, Rich, I, I was cracking up when I heard this, you know, inside, but I couldn't let him know because I didn't want him to think I was laughing at him. I was really laughing at myself. But he goes, you know, Rich, you just, you're, just so, you're just so driven that anytime anybody says anything that they want to do, you just want to do it with them. Right? 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 How many of us feel that way every once in a while? Yeah. Uh, right? You know, it's like, man, you hear a good idea, and you're like, man, I want in. <laughs> right? You get inspired. You know, and it's something that God puts in every single one of us, that will to dream. I don't know, we already talked about that, but it's just that will, that, that, that drive and that passion to want to succeed. And so every single one of us have that in us, and so naturally what we want to do is when anything comes in our lives, that just kind of feels like it just lifts us up to another level anything that just inspires us, something that might change our focus or change the way that we do things or change how we look at things, it's life-changing sometimes, isn't it? It kind of makes a big imprint in our lives, doesn't it? Well, tonight, hopefully, that that's what we can accomplish together because whenever I talk about God, I always get inspired. There's not a lot. <laughs> hey, I got to be honest with you. Now, there's a book in there. There's a couple books in there where they start talking about begat this and begat this and this guy begat this guy and this guy begat this guy. And it just it gets boring after a while, right? But it's in there. But I got to be honest with you. There's very, very few things that don't inspire me whenever we start talking about the Word of God. And I'm just being honest. When I start look, going through the book of Leviticus and I start looking at all the laws and everything, I go, Snore. <laughs> You know, because it's not fun. But you got to read it, you know. <laughs> you know? It still blesses you to read it. It still blesses you to read it, but is it is it all that catching? No. Lost, it. It's like, because you start doing this, right? And <laughs> uh, uh, this guy, big guy, this guy, and this guy, big this guy. and <laughs> All right, you know, it's all important. What Absolutely. Jesus absolutely well you can't have the Old Testament that's right you can't separate the two you can't separate the two the Old Testament and the New Testament they're one still one book right <laughs> but tonight let's think about that tonight let's think about what inspires us and let's really talk about that tonight So tonight, when I was coming to the church, and I really, really, really wanted to teach this. And like I said, we're still going to touch about a couple things on it. But there was a man in the Bible that I just constantly just kept on thinking about. And his name was Abraham. You guys know who Abraham is? Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them. And so are you. <laughs> you guys remember singing that in Sunday school? A lot of you guys you guys never went to Sunday school? You went to Sunday school? Okay. Well, no, Abraham, you know, and Abraham's a very interesting cat. You know, he was a really powerful guy, you know, not by strength, but it was his stature. You know? He, he the way he carried himself, you know, and and how he went about doing things and, and his relationship with God. And so I was thinking about Abraham, and I was thinking about everything that he's done in his life from the minute and just to kind of give you a backstory there was a day where Abraham was nobody, and then out of the cold, hard blue, Moses, or, or not Moses, God talks to Abraham and tells him, basically, "Listen, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I'm God, and I'm telling you what to do." I want you to go over to this one land. Don't worry about what I have for you. You just do it as I say. Just listen to me. Just listen to what I'm telling you. Trust me and everything will be okay. And as the Bible said, by faith, Abraham sojourned in a land that he did not know. And so Abraham just listened to God, went off in a direction and just started walking. Man, that takes some faith. (laughs) I am not. I got to be honest with you. If it was me on the street and some cat comes up to me and he goes, hey, listen, Rich, yeah, listen. Just trust me. Just start walking in that direction. I'll be like, what? <laughs> honestly, right? I'll be like, you're smoking crack, man. <laughs> who the who in the world are you? <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean I'm honestly going to be thinking to myself, man, you're, yeah, yeah, you're not all there, are you? I mean, what if I hit a wall or something? You know, I mean, you know, but Abraham listened to God and he did it. And so I start, you know, thinking about everything. That Abraham went through and, every, and everything that Abraham did. And I finally started thinking about, you know, when finally Abraham is married and he has a couple sons, and one of them, his name is Isaac. Uh, Abraham had a son named Isaac. And there was this one particular day. And it was normal, like all the rest of the days. Particularly, it, it, it was so unnervingly normal. You know, nothing, there was nothing out of place the sun rose in the same spot as it always did the desert had the same winds like it always did you know Abraham and Isaac they get up and you know they had they had animals and they had a big you know they had some land there and so they would get up like all farmers would and and they walked around you know inspecting all the animals Isaac you know Isaac he was the kid so he always had to make sure that he fed the animals you know picked up all their you know the messes that they made tended the animals, and he would do his round. He woke up. He did his rounds just like he would do every morning. Abraham woke up and checked out the property just like he did every morning, you know, and everything seemed fine, you know. Not one of them woke up thinking, wow, today is going to be just one of those days. But out of the blue, Abraham is just minding his own business, and when the Lord comes out of nowhere and speaks to Abraham, and, Abra- and, and it tells Abraham, Abraham, And Abraham goes, what? Abraham, I want you to take your son, your beloved son Isaac, and I want you to take him up to this mountain, and I want you to make him a living sacrifice to me. I want you to offer him up and sacrifice him. Listen, that's what I want you to do. Now, nowhere in the Bible does it say that Abraham looked up to heaven and goes, what? Are you kidding me? Are you serious? Just because it ain't in there, I'm thinking if I was in Abraham's position, I'd be like, "Are you what? That's my son." Mm-hmm. Do you know how hard I, God? He was a promise from you to me. That's right. I, God, you gave me Isaac. Let's back up a little bit. Isaac was a, was a miracle. Isaac was a miracle for Abraham and his wife. They weren't supposed to have any more kids. They had a child, but it was out of, it was out of the will of God, you know. And so for, for years Abraham was asking, begging God, hey, God, I need an error. I need an error. I need someone I can pass my fortune and pass all my riches and glory to. And so here comes out, here pops out Isaac. So God answered his prayer. And now I'm thinking, kind of carnally, I'm thinking, God, you want to take back what you gave me? I don't know about you guys, but I'd i think that there was something wrong with that. I would. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I mean that's my kid. You want me to kill him? He was testing his faith, and then when they—something uh, uh, else showed up, right? Or then out, well, we're going to talk. Well, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. You want to talk about a test of faith? I'll get you. I'll tell you right now—that'd be a test of faith. Mm-hmm. Think about that for a second, right? Let that sit in your mind. But just like good old faithful Abraham, you know, just like way back in the, you know, way back in the day when he first heard the call from God, he didn't waver, you know. He didn't argue with him. He might have been thinking some weird things in his head. He might have been struggling in his heart with the decision that God told him to do. He might have been battling his flesh. He might have been battling his spirit, you know, about having to kill a son, having to offer him up as a sacrifice, you know. But man, good old faithful Abraham, he didn't blink. So he goes back to the house, calls out, you know calls over for Isaac, and he tells Isaac, hey, I want you to grab, I want you to grab you know some of the men. We're gonna go on a trip, you know. We're gonna you know make an altar and sacrifice up for God. So Isaac does his chores. He goes and he grabs all the wood, grabs the fire. The Bible says he grabs some of the men, you know, for security in case anything happens. You know, it's always good to go in the wilderness not by yourself, you know. And so they start trekking towards the mountain that God said that he would reveal to Abraham. And so, you know, they're, they're, they're going along, and, and the Bible doesn't say that there was any thought from Abraham or that Abraham second-guessed anything. And so they finally get to this mountain. Abraham tells everybody, all right, we're here. We're at the spot. Me and Isaac, we're going go to the, we're gonna go up to the top of the hill, and we're going to offer up a sacrifice unto God. You too, I want you to stay down here and watch the camp. And so the, so Isaac and Abraham start walking up the hill. <laughs> you know, and you've got to give credit to Isaac. Really you know, you got to give credit to the young man. <laughs> you know, we estimate he was probably in his, he wasn't a young kid. We estimate he was maybe a young adult. You know, maybe 17, between 17 and 20. So he wasn't some young, naive kid. He's with his dad, and his dad told him they're going to go up and offer a sacrifice, and you know, and so they're walking up there, and Isaac starts looking around, and he notices, there's no animal around here, Pop. <laughs> so how are we going to, and, and he asks his dad, he goes, Dad, uh, or Abraham, where's the sacrifice at? Just want to throw that out there. <laughs> you know, I don't see any kind of animal or anything like that. You know, what's going on? <laughs> you know, I, I know, isn't it, Right. It's like, a bad, it's like a bad movie, you know? I know how this thing ends, right? You know? See <laughs> now. Yeah. Time up. And so Abraham, without missing a beat, he goes, listen, son, the Lord will provide a sacrifice. Okay, you know, Isaac, Isaac understands. That's his father. He's seen God do some amazing things with him and his family. So he doesn't even think twice about it. So he just trusts him. He just goes up and he has no idea what's about to happen to him. I mean, he is literally clueless of everything that's going on and those two they get up they start moseying up to the top of the mountain they finally get to the top of the mountain abraham tells isaac to start getting the fire ready and all these other things and so isaac he's starting to you know get all this stuff together getting the rope ready you know getting the fire you know all nice and good and all these cool things and then all of a sudden all of a sudden you know i don't know how the exchange happened You know, the Bible isn't really specific, but the Bible does make mention that all of a sudden Abraham started bonding up or tying up his son Isaac. Now, I don't know about you. I would be freaking out If I was in Isaac's position, I don't know about you, but I would be losing my mind right now because I'd be thinking, what in the world is, what is dad? Okay, listen, I've seen, okay, listen, the kids in school do this to me all the time. You know, I get tied up every once in a while. I know what it's like getting picked on, but you can let me go now. You know what I mean? I'm sure Isaac's thinking something normal, you know, but I don't know. He just just doesn't think that this is what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Who else would get tied up? You know what I mean? Who else would do it? But sure enough, you know, Isaac gets bound up and he gets laid down on the altar. And this is how the whole exchange starts to go down. Abraham says a quick little prayer and he grabs a knife. And there's Isaac laying down there totally, totally helpless, totally defenseless. His arms are bound, his feet are bound, you know. And he's just laying there, just ready to get, ready for the kill. And so Abraham takes that one knife and he walks over to his son, you know. And I don't know how he did it. I don't know how Abraham did it. But he just kind of leans over a little bit. And he just starts, and he just he starts to make that motion, you know. And, and I'm sure at this time Isaac's starting to finally figure a couple things out. You know, it's like, okay, this was a bad idea. You know, this isn't this isn't what I signed up for. You know, this isn't right. You know what I mean? And and Abraham has that knife, and it's sharp, and it's ready, and it's primed. I mean you know, this is a this is a getting knife, you know, it's sharp and it's shiny, you know what I mean, because that's what it does, and, and Abraham lifts up his hand, you know, to, to, to get ready to strike that final blow, and I'm sure Isaac saw that knife, and was just totally fixated on the whole thing, and he just couldn't take his eyes off the glimmer of it, he couldn't take his, his eyes off the metal of it, he just couldn't take his eyes, because he knew that this was going to happen, he just finally realized, man, this is, this is not, where I want to be right now. I, something bad is going to happen to me. D- Dad, what are you doing? I'm sure Isaac was freaking out. And as is about Isaac is about ready to lay down the knife right into his son's chest and kill him. As soon as Abraham is about ready to strike that final blow and all the glistening of the knife is over and all you have is blood all over the place, the minute he starts moving his hand down, all of a sudden out of, the, out of nowhere, you hear an angel of the Lord say, Abraham, stop! <laughs> stop! Don't lay a hand on that boy. For I know that you fear me. I know that you love me. Don't you lay a hand on that boy. Man, talk about coming in at the last second. How does that, and I know some of you guys are probably thinking, what in the world does that have to do with me? What in the world does this story have to do with me? When I was in some shoe, when I was in someone's very similar shoes, I know what it's like to be asked to do something or to be in a very uncomfortable place. How many of us right now are in a very uncomfortable place right now? And you can be honest. How many of us like where we're at right now? How many of us thought that this is where we were going to end up? Abraham was asked by God to do something that he didn't want to do. Whether he was obedient or not is really kind of an afterthought. He had to get over himself and be like, man, I don't want to do it. That's my son, but I got to do it. Every once in a while, we, are fi- we find ourselves in positions in life that we don't want to be in. Things that we hate being in. Things that we wish that we could find our way out of, but there's no way out. We find ourselves a lot in Abraham's shoes. Having to make a decision or having to do something that we really don't want to do. God's way of testing, faith. Way of testing your faith. Someone's catching on around here. Yeah. <laughs> and so we go through on our life, our day-to-day living, and we're constantly thinking about, man, I don't want to be here. And some of you, some of you are thinking about giving up. Some of you might be thinking, man, I don't know how much more I can take of this. I don't know how much more I can do of this. I don't know how much more I can handle getting bent, getting stretched, getting ripped in half, getting torn apart. But Abraham didn't know either. Think about it. He was asked to kill his only son or his beloved son, the one who the, in the Bible says, whom you love so much. His promise. And God was asking for his promise back. I got to be honest with you. I don't know how Abraham did it, but if I was Abraham, I'd be like, No. You gave that to me. Something precious. I don't want to do it. How many of us are in situations where we just don't want to do things sometimes? But we finally, but what is happening is God is testing us. God is testing our very fabric. God is working on us and he's perfecting us. And the thing of it is, is a lot of us do not do what Abraham did. Abraham I don't know how he did it. But he saw that thing all the way through to the end. He had his mind made up that he, no matter what happened, he was going to strike that blow and he was going to trust God. He was going to trust God. But what happens to a lot of us is we drop that knife and we say, man, that's too heavy for me. <laughs> God, I trust you, but I don't trust you that much. Right? We get through things in our lives and we're like, man, God, I trust you and I have faith in you, but I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. I'm in a very, I, I'm not comfortable. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, God. I don't know. I, I just don't know if I have the strength. I don't know if I have the ability. I don't know if I can push through <laughs> what I'm going through right now. I don't know if I have the ability and the strength to go through this. I don't know if I have the ability and the strength to stand as long as I need to stand to see through this. But what always happens is is what we fail to realize is when God told Abraham to stop and to not hurt his son and to not harm him later on in that scripture in that chapter God tells him of all the promises that he's going to give him because he listened. Because he listened. I don't know where you guys are at tonight. I have no idea where you guys are at in your lives. I don't take anything at face value. I mean, because you guys might be happy, you guys might be sad, I don't know. But I know this right now. You guys took a chance tonight, and God is trying to tell you, listen, I know you don't think you have the ability to stand, but I'm right here with you to help you to stand. God is here. God is real. He is alive. He is not on some cross somewhere. He's not buried. If you want to see a dead God, go see Buddha. He's over there in the East Coast, in the East somewhere, all right? You want to see a dead God, go to Joseph Smith, you know. He's dead. You know, Gandhi, all these guys, they're all dead. They got burial plots somewhere all over the earth. The only God I know of that is not dead, that conquered hell, death, and the grave is Jesus Christ. And you can't find a grave for him anywhere. The only grave they had for him was a tombstone and that thing got rolled out and there's nothing in there anymore, amen? (laughs) I'm telling you right now, you guys might be thinking that God has been testing you lately, that God has been trying to to strengthen your intestinal fortitude, so to speak, and you guys are so close and you guys want to drop the knife. You want to give up, but don't. (laughs) Because if you don't, Just like Abraham, there's a whole bunch of promises that are coming your way. It gets better, and it gets better. You know, the hardest thing for some of us to do sometimes is to push through when we know, when we know that we need to. It's hard, and it's hard, and it's hard. It's rough. It gets very difficult, but we can do it. Scripture says, when you've done all you can do to stand, stand, therefore, we need to stand with what God has given us. There's another, also another powerful scripture. And it's something you guys, every single one of you guys can attain tonight. But it's a very powerful portion of scripture. I love it. It says, and you shall receive power after that which the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Well, some of you guys are going, well, what in the world is the Holy Ghost? Well, I'm glad you asked. The Holy Ghost is God himself. It's God. There's no trinity up in heaven. And I'm not saying that to offend anybody. There is no three thrones. There's no three crowns. There's no three kings up in heaven. There's only one God. His name is Jesus Christ. One. A lot of people twist that scripture, Matthew 28, 19, when God's talking to his disciples about the Great Commission. And the scripture goes, Go ye therefore into all nations, teach them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost people think that God was talking about three separate entities no he said in the name of the Father in the name of the Son in the name of the Holy Spirit what is the name of the Father starts with a J ends with an S (laughs) his name is Jesus Jesus said to his disciples around dinner one time if you have have seen me you have seen the Father that's right so the name of the Father is Jesus. The name of the Son is Jesus. The name of the Holy Ghost is Jesus. Jesus. There's no trifecta here, man. There's only one God. Isn't that comforting to know? I mean, honestly, think about that. Isn't that awesome to know? Yeah, I'd hate to answer three. I hate. I would hate to answer to three bosses myself. <laughs> I'm glad I only answered one and his name is Jesus. You know, Acts 4.12 says, there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. And that name is Jesus. Acts 2.38, any apostolic Pentecostal man, tongue-talking woman, or anything like that, this is our battle cry. And Acts 2.38 says, and Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. In the name of Jesus Christ. So when we go back to that one scripture, Matthew 28, 19, where it says, Go ye therefore into all nations, teach them, baptize them in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost. It's not all that complicating now, is it? We have a lot of people out there taking one scripture and twisting it, and they forget to read the whole rest of the Bible. Deuteronomy 6, 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord one Lord Ephesians chapter 4 says there was only one Lord one faith and one baptism man if you don't get it I'm a oneness guy <laughs> I believe there's one God and his name is Jesus Christ and I'm not saying anything in hope to offend anybody I know a lot of us come from different backgrounds and I know that for a lot of us pardon me this is your first interaction with me or, or interaction with this church But there is only one God. I know some of you come from a Catholic background or maybe a different background where you're used to hearing that term Trinity. You're used to praying to Mother Mary or praying to other saints and all these other things. Good on you for being disciplined, man. I I honor the effort. But all those things were done in vain because there's only one God. His name is Jesus. So the name of the Father is... The name of the Son is. Jesus, the only way to go to the Father is through me. That's it. That's, exact words. That's it. And the name of the Holy Ghost is. Jesus. So there's only one God, right? And His name is. Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Oh, Amen. <laughs> but see, it doesn't get it, it. doesn't. It doesn't end there. It doesn't stop there. Uh, it, I thank God. <laughs> you, you know. I mean, the, the thing is so much bigger than what we realize. I already quoted a scripture. It says Acts twenty. You know, Acts two thirty eight, where Peter sit unto them, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Man, if you guys want to have a life-changing event tonight, it can happen tonight. I mean, I'm down to see some life-changing things going on because God is wanting to help you get over that hump, get over that hurdle. He wants you to be able to hold on to that knife all the way and not drop it and not walk away from all the promises that God has for you. That's what Abraham did. Abraham, I'm sure, was nervous. Abraham, I'm sure, didn't know what was going on. Abraham, I'm sure, was sticking his neck out on the line for God, for everybody, because he go. I'm sure Abraham in his mind was thinking, Lord, if this doesn't work and if you're wrong, I'm a dead man. I'm going to be honest, right? we're all human beings so Abraham's up there you know on the top of the mountain with his son on the altar and he was about ready to kill him and I'm sure Abraham was going God you better this better be right this better be good you know what I mean because what if it, you know because if not it was all for vain but because our God is alive because our God is real there is a God that conquered hell death and the grave God honored Abraham's faith he honored his trust in him and now Abraham became one of the, the one of the most blessed men in the whole Bible and those promises are for you. Scripture says that the promises of Abraham go to us. We are a chosen generation, folks. We are a royal priesthood. We are a peculiar people. Called out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You have it. You don't realize it, but you have it. You have the keys to the kingdom. You have the ability to turn your world upside down and to get inspired and to make a difference. Amen you guys have it. I don't care what age you are. I don't care how decrepit you think you are. I don't care how many back pains or knee pains or whatever it is you think you got. I'm telling you, God will increase where you, don't have, where you don't have it, where everything is, and you, God will use you in a very mighty way. You guys got the keys to the kingdom. It's all about a matter of you guys just unlocking the door. How do we unlock the door? I'm so glad you guys asked. <laughs> three simple things you guys are going to know me well after this because I am going to, I preach the same thing all the time there's three things yeah that's one of them but the first thing is, is we got to repent we got to repent guys whether I'm a minister whether I'm a pastor whether, you, you got to understand I'm a sinner before I'm anything that's exactly what I am before I'm anything I'm still a feeble man scripture says in this book right here, and one of the things that we were going to cover, scripture says that God knows our frame. He remembers that we're dust. He knows that we're frail, vile beings. By nature, I am a very manipulative person. I am a liar. I am a cheater. I am an adulterer. That's how, that's who I am. But it's only by the grace of God that <laughs> I'm any sort of normal. Right. Only Amen. Amen. But the first step for us to get past that hurdle, the first step for us to get that key is we got to repent. What does repent mean? Repent is real simple. All we got to do is just ask for God's forgiveness. You know, here's the funny thing about God's forgiveness. And I use this illustration a lot. But sir, I don't know you from Adam and I'm not going to slap you in the face. But if I was to give you a good little wallop right there on the cheek, you being, uh, you look, you appear to be a gentleman to me, so you might not stand up and start throwing fist yeah. with me. You might, sta- you might just sit there and be like, okay, all right, young buck. But then, we- but then later on at the shelter when we walk away, you'll be like, just don't let me catch you alone. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're human beings. It's hard to forget, right? When people hurt us, when people do things wrong against us, you know, you know forgive and forget yeah right I can forgive I will never forget you You know what I mean but the thing with but the thing with God is, is he forgives and he forgets and when you ask for God's forgiveness when you repent and you mean it and you actually mean God listen I want a fresh start you want to know how quick it happens Hey, Teresa, I'm serious. That's how quick it happens. There's no waiting in line at welfare for your EPI Card. There's no waiting in line, you know, for benefits. There's no waiting out in the cold for, you know, for some food. or eat. There's no waiting with God. When you ask for God's forgiveness, that quick. So we we'll all have a chance to repent tonight. Praise God. I'll even repent with you. Hallelujah. The other part here is is we have to get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, this is where I don't want to lose any of you. I know some of us come from different backgrounds, but here's the thing. If you were trickled with water as a baby on the head, doesn't count. If you were halfway submerged, doesn't count. (laughs) If you dipped your foot in a pool and someone said, in the name of Jesus, no, it doesn't count. If you were totally immersed underneath the water and someone didn't say, in the name of Jesus, It doesn't count. count. And I say that at the rest of offending people because I know that some people come from different backgrounds. But the Word of God says that you have to get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You have to. Baptism comes from a Greek word called baptizo. Baptizo means to be totally immersed underneath the water. What that water in that baptism over there represents is Jesus' blood that he shed on Calvary. His blood literally washes us clean and we become new creatures. But Scripture in Corinthians says, Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. You are a new creature in Christ. That's who we are. We're not meant to be this way. Folks, we're just passing through on our way to glory. We're just hanging out on this planet called Earth, man. Our home is heaven. We're just passing through. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I mean that. I believe that. I'm just hanging out. You know what I mean? This, this 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 isn't my residence. Why God chose to put me on Earth, I don't know. But hey, you know what? I know one thing for sure. He gave me a promise, and he said that I have a ticket up to heaven if I want it, and I want it. I don't know about you guys, but every single one of us have an opportunity to make it to heaven, to walk on golden streets, rivers of flowing living water where no one can ever have to thirst or worry about anything again, where there's no sin, where there's no pain, where there's nothing else that we have to worry about. Every single one of us have that promise tonight. And it's yours, room, man. So far behind, never die. That's it. Amen. But we've got to repent, and we've got to get baptized in the name of Jesus. <coughs> you have that opportunity tonight, I promise, if you want. And the last thing is real easy. And I might lose more of you on this one. But the scripture says in Acts 2.38 that we will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the gift of the Holy Ghost, something very powerful happens. Maybe you guys have heard some of this before, but you start doing what we call speaking in different tongues. Speaking in other tongues. Acts chapter 2 is when we all heard it come to pass. So imagine this. Jesus gets crucified. He gets beat in the Roman court. He walks up that long mile up to the top of the hill. They crucify him on the cross. He he dies. They stick him with a spear. Blood and water come out. They They take him off the cross. They put him in the tomb. Okay, story's over, right? No. Three days later, the Bible says that Jesus came out of the tomb. And started walking amongst the people. People started seeing Jesus. And the namely of the people that Jesus saw were the disciples. Think about that for a second. We just saw you get bludgeoned to death and die on a cross and here you are before us. Man, I'm freaking out. (laughs) You know, all those disciples are like, Oh, gee, oh, man. Is that you, man? You know, and so... So the disciples are about to freak out because there's a bounty on all of their heads and everybody's all worried out and they want to get out of Jerusalem. But God told them, Jesus said, no, listen, wait. I'm about to pour out my spirit. Guys, something rad is about to happen. You don't leave yet. Peter, don't leave. I'm about to pour out my spirit. I'm about to do something that was prophesied over in in, in the book of Joel. There's prophesied over many, many times before and it's finally about to happen. And so we read in Acts chapter 2, we fast forward a little bit, all the, you know, some disciples and some people are up in that upper room and they started praying, really getting a hold after God. And all of a sudden, in Acts chapter 2, it said, and all of a sudden, there came as if a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the place that they were in and appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and they started speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Man, God's Holy Spirit came down in a very powerful way, believe it or not, and everybody started speaking in different tongues, other tongues, other cloven tongues. And we know this because there were Galileans, there were Samaritans, there were all kinds of people all over in that court, and everyone in that room was speaking someone else's different native language, and people in the court were going, you guys are nuts, and the people up there were looking at people down there going, no, you're nuts. It was a big old hunky-dory Holy Ghost party, and Peter says, these men are not drunk as ye suppose. But this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. The prophet Joel chapter two, twenty-eight says, no, well, that's just it. That's the funny thing about it. In the book of Joel in chapter 2, verse 28, you know, and it, ta- it talks about how the Spirit of God will be poured upon all flesh. And this promise is unto them and to them that are far off, and the handmaids, so on and so forth. And so it finally came and it happened. And that's a key to salvation. We have to have these three things happen so we can get our ticket into heaven. We have to. And those things can happen tonight. We got time. I'm not one one to push anybody, but we got time. I know all of us are probably down to repent together. I'll repent with you because I'm a dirty sinner just like every single one of us. (laughs) Amen. But if you want to get baptized, there's a baptism right there. Scripture in the book of Acts, you know, there's a man who wasn't sure and there was a man by the name of Philip who was ministering to this one gentleman and he kept on telling him and just ministering to him about getting baptized in the name of Jesus and he didn't want to he was just abrasive about it he, you know just like some of us we're just unsure we're like man I'm, oh man you know oh no but he finally got to that point where he goes what hinders me what's holding me back just me listen I got to tell you something right now and I really feel to tell you this you don't have to wait to get your act together before God accepts you you don't have to wait. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to walk a certain way. You don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to dress a certain way or smell a certain way. God loves you just the way you are. And if you wait for you to be good enough for God, you will never be good enough. That's the reason why he died on the cross for every single one of us. We are none of us are worthy. None of us are ever going to be better enough or good enough for God. That's how much he loves us. You can come to him as you are right now, as low as all of us are right now, and he will love us with open open arms and hug us and he will give us every promise in the world but we got to repent we got to get baptized in the name of Jesus and we need to get the Holy Ghost how many of us feel like God's talking to you tonight in some form of way be honest it's cool we're we're all honest here how many of us feel like we at least want to repent tonight I want to repent cool alright And how many of us are kind of thinking, you know what? Tonight's my night. I want to get baptized in the name of Jesus. And this is what I mean. we got baptismal robes where you can change into. That way the clothes you have on, you can fold them. That way they're nice and dry for you when you get out. And it happens quick, man. I don't like keeping people in the water any longer (laughs) than they have to be. when you take that when you get buried in the blood of Jesus you come out a new creature all your sins are washed away I mean seriously you are a new creature and you are clean you're a new vessel that's waiting for you tonight again I'm not a good salesman I just know what the word of God says and I know what happens because I've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ so we're all going to repent. That's awesome. And if you're thinking about getting baptized, just let me know. And the last thing is is if you want me to pray with you so that you can know what it's like to get the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues and have God literally fill you with his spirit and always be with you, I'm down to do that right now. I'm down to do that tonight. I have no problem doing that. The promises of God are here for you. They're all here for you and they're waiting. I understand if you're timid. I understand if you're just a little unnerved about it. But we're never going to be good enough. That's how awesome God is. So you have a chance tonight, and you have a chance to take that tonight. So let's all stand. I am going to pray with you. I am not going to pray for you. Sound fair? Say amen. Amen. so we're all going to repent and if you really mean it if you're really sincere you got to talk to God and you got to move your mouth you got to talk to God yourself I'm going to pray for my soul you need to pray for your soul this is your soul you need to work your salvation out with fear and with trembling the word of God says so let's do that right now Jesus right now forgive me I am not perfect by any stretch of the imagination Lord I am such a feeble character I, you know my character at its root God without you I am a liar I am a cheater I am a deceiver I'm an adulterer but God with you Lord I, I'm much better than that your grace is sufficient for me God it's more than enough your grace forgives all of my sin and I thank you God so much for loving me the way you love me although I don't deserve it God so God forgive me of my sins Forgive me of the things I know I've done. And God, forgive me of the things I didn't know I've done. But God, I pray I haven't offended anyone this week, and If I have, I'm sorry, God. And Lord, make us better and strengthen us. And everyone says in Jesus' name, amen. So here's the thing. Who here wants to get baptized? It'll happen quick. We'll make sure we get everybody back in time. You got your shot, and it happens tonight. And I got clothes for you that'll keep you dry. And it'll happen quick. All you gotta do is just take that step out. So anyone wanna do it? Yeah. Teresa, you look like you're battling with it. You wanna do it? Well, I don't mean, know. Because I can't remember if was how they did it. You know, I, I mean, I think that type of person and all, but I can't remember exactly. Well, let's just do it just to cover your bases then. Yeah, because uh, I can't remember what they said. Well, let's just do it tonight and cover our bases. I call it like a second insurance policy. That way you'll yeah. make sure. Right. You're you, I baptized you, didn't I? No. No. Okay. To come here, all right. Baptized. All right. How about you, sir? i the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. How about you? I did baptize about six months ago. Okay. Sounds good. All right, Teresa. Okay. I don't know why I'm so confused. All right. Well, then let's just do it. Yeah. And let's get it. Let's get it. Let's do it right. All right. Well, amen. So let's all pray together real quick. And let's just pray that God really speaks to us, and really works in us when we leave this door, all right? It's Jesus right now. I thank you so much for all four of these souls or all five of these souls that are in this room. God, I thank you so much for your word tonight. And, God, I pray that you strengthen your people, strengthen your children, strengthen them, God, and give them direction and guidance and all these things that they go through and all the things that they battle. And, God, let them be encouraged. God, let them be inspired tonight. And we say these things in your powerful name. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's it, folks.